Lisa. Hi, I'm Julie. And together we are Two Sober Sober Chicks. Welcome. Hey, I saw something in a study uh, last week and I, for the life of me, cannot find it. But it's, uh, guess how many drinks are good for heart health? Uh, Like a day? Yeah. Uh, Two. The answer is none. No drinks are good for heart health, which made me laugh. I'm like, okay, but you know, for every study that proves something, there's another study that disproves it because in trying to find whatever study that was to ask you today, like guess how many I found some that said one a day, same thing for your heart health two a day. Right. There's the thing is there are other things that are good for your heart health, like cardiovascular exercise and olive oil and It's funny, like when we're in our cups, it's like, well, this is healthy for me. And then eating 18 Big Macs a day and chocolate bars and smoking and not exercising. We we will always find research that supports our own beliefs, Mm -hmm. right? Our own, our own thoughts and feelings, especially when it comes to our drinking. Um, At this point, we should probably say our little disclaimer. uh, Mm -hmm. This is Julie and Lisa sitting together, talking about um, recovery. Uh, We are uh, in love with Alcoholics Anonymous. So we spend a lot of time talking about Alcoholics Anonymous, the program of recovery, the 12 steps, the big book. Um, We both sponsor people. So we talk a lot about sponsorship and how that uh, has helped us, um, how hopefully we're carrying the message. Um, But these are our uh, opinions. So Mm -hmm. if you don't like them, you can shut the fucking stereo off right now. (laughs) <laughs> don't listen that is true really? it's amazing there are actually options yeah. you have options you know, have, we have never ever now i'm opening us up we've never received a nasty letter or hate mail no. or someone telling us that we shouldn't be doing this or they don't like it because hopefully those people are doing just that they don't like it you don't have to listen that's fantastic okay. it's yeah. a free country and i've always said that you and i started this as a act of love and mm-hmm. fun and friendship. Mm-hmm. It's more therapy for me <laughs> than anything else. Yeah, it really is. I just love it. And it gives us a reason to stay connected now that you're in a different country, Trader. <clears throat> That's I mean, true. I'm wearing my Tennessee hat right now. I noticed that. Yeah. TM. It looks backwards to me because it's flipped on Zoom. So it's like NT, but. You can click yeah. a little thing in your settings called mirror image, and then it would look oh. normal to you. Oh, okay. I see it. It looks like TN to me. Awesome. And a C. Um, we also want to remind people who listen that we do have an email, not for hate mail or for your opinion to tell us how shitty our show is. Uh, that one is going to go right to the trash. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you can email us the number two sober chicks at gmail.com. That's the number two sober chicks at gmail.com. Ask us questions. Um, Julie's actually sponsored people uh, who have written in and asked for sponsorship help, Mm -hmm. which I think is amazing. Um, and it's funny. I, I was like, what? I can't believe you. How are you going to do that? How are you going to sponsor someone like that long distance? And now you are COVID (laughs) zoom. Yeah. Everybody, it seems is sponsoring people long distance. Um, we also have an Instagram, which I'm looking at right now. My oh, last yeah. post was January 1st, so I should get on that. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's two silver chicks. The number two? 
the number two. Okay. Two sober chicks on Instagram. Julie does a beautiful job with your little, I don't know what you call them, memes, gifts. Posts. They're memes because they don't move, right? Memes are. <laughs> memes don't move. I, it's for the longest time, I was like, Mimi? Like, what is that word? I, I don't know. Meme, I guess. Giffy? Yeah. Gif? Gif? Jif? Jif? Um, oh, we have an email. So yes, we will answer your questions or, well, to the best of our ability. <laughs> our, we'll give you our opinion. We'll pontificate <laughs> on your questions. Yes, and extrapolate and go on and on about something. Rise, hypothesize criticize, uh, theorize. Um, have you ever been attracted to someone you shouldn't after getting sober in the program? Yes, ma'am. Yes, sir. Or ma'am. All I right. Know who, you know, keeping it in mind. Uh, that's, a, that's a hard one because, and I don't know anyone who's exempt from this married, single, male, female, gay, straight, whatever. It's really difficult if you're in a relationship when you get sober and your partner doesn't. A lot of needs are not being met. When I got sober, um, all of the like fun times, I mean, there wasn't many at the end, but my ex-husband and I drank together, which meant we had quote unquote fun together and we had more sex together because I needed to drink to get to that place. I don't remember. I remember I'd wake up in the morning sometimes and like feel myself and be like, did we have sex last night? I I, like, I remember nothing. Oh no. I have no idea. But then all of a sudden we were I wasn't drinking anymore. And the already deep trench of disconnection that was in our marriage got bigger and bigger and bigger. And then I started to get attracted to guys in the rooms because I was like attracted to their program, um, their lifestyle. Uh, We had a common bond and connection. I even had an affair right at the tail end of my marriage. Just before I separated, I had an affair with a guy in my home group at the time. And that did not go well. Oh, that's but messy. Don't you know not to shit where you eat? No, I didn't. Because my unmet needs were so great and my loneliness and lack of affection and physical touch and connection with my husband, that already created a vacuum. You know, humanity abhors a vacuum and something had to go in there and in me. And I picked someone that did, who was married. Oh, wow. Yeah, it was a bad idea. So- I personally, and this is only me, I now in my faith life and in my program life am not comfortable when I recognize an attraction to someone else. Um, Just before I got married, I was attracted to like a married pastor and I was fucking horrified. I just felt like the worst person. I was tormented over it. And I talked to a friend of mine who's a therapist and she's like, listen, First of all, you ha- you're a woman, you're attractive, you're in your prime, you have healthy sexuality, and that's so good. So praise the Lord for your healthy sexuality. If you Beautiful. don't like it, just acknowledge it to, to yourself and to God and ask God to place them in the right place. And that worked for me. For other people, they might not have a problem with that, but I'm an addict and I fucking love fantasy. 
I love it. I love getting totally jacked up on it. And the last thing I need is to then start to create a real emotional bond to this attraction by going over in my head what it would be like and what I would say and what he smells like and what he feels like and all of that other stuff. So I think it's a very healthy response, but it's also a really beautiful delivery of a gift of guess what? Here's your needs that aren't being met and they're being triggered right now in this. Mm -hmm. So as we know with our program, like it's the hard times, it's the spiritual axiom of like sick pain and suffering. The hard time, just look for the the pearl in it. It was my first grand sponsor used to say, look for the pearl. Like, what is this telling you? Mm -hmm. Instead of being like, oh, I don't want to feel this going, okay, what is this telling me right now? Oh, I need attention. I like attention. Oh, I have a sex drive. Oh, I'm attracted to his kindness, his higher power, his whatever, or her. Um, So I think it's an absolutely normal, healthy attraction. Yeah. I, I, I would agree. I think it is actually totally normal because when we come in, we are changing. So the people who we used to be attracted to, we're probably not going to be attracted to anymore. And yeah, it, if you're in a relationship, that could be difficult. Mm. That could be challenging. Um, when I first came in, I was in a relationship, um, but then, you know, a couple of relapses. Now I'm single. Now I'm alone and I'm back in the program. Um, and I found that I wasn't attracted to the same types of people anymore because I'm not living the same life. I'm not behaving Mm. the same way. I'm not hanging out with the same, in the same crowds, you know? Um, And the other thing that I had a lot of confusion about what love was or what passion was. And Mm. now looking back, I go, oh, passion. No, that was chaos. That Mm. was drama. That's good. Right? It it was, so I had hot, fiery sex with this one ex of mine, um, But, and I thought that was passion. However, we also acted like we fucking hated each other most of the time. Like we Mm -hmm. fought viciously Mm -hmm. and, um, you know, and then I get in the program and one of the things that I really, really work hard on today is never saying anything that can't be unsaid because it can't. Once you call someone you love a fucking bitch or a cunt sorry, <laughs> um, something horrible, right? Yeah. Like there, well, that's out there now. Unless I edit it out, it's out there forever. Mm-hmm. And it's the same thing. Once you say that to a partner, um, you can't unsay that they're never going to unhear that horrible harshness of that yeah. word. Yeah. And, and that will stay with them. So um, that was something that changed in me. So, um, and again, from page 69 in the big book, It was the big book that taught me how to look at how do I develop a better relationship? What do I want from a relationship? Well, I develop my relationship list. And that doesn't consist of the things that I want. It consists of what do I bring to a relationship? Mm -hmm. So that's something new. Like before, I would have brought that nasty, (laughs) nastiness to a relationship. If you hurt me, I am going to call you the C word and uh, I'm going to call you a bitch and going to scream and yell and throw things around the room and uh, put fists through walls and do all kinds of crazy, stupid shit like that. Well, I can put on a list today that that's not something that I bring to a relationship. Um, I practice um, restraint of pen and tongue. And that is inside my relationship too. So I think that's why people can be attracted um, to people maybe that they normally, they think, oh, I wouldn't, that's not my type. 
Why am I attracted to that person? Mm -hmm. Well, your ideas, your ideals, Mm -hmm. and your Mm -hmm. values are all different now. Or like you might have some for the first time ever. (laughs) Morals. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Instead of like the biker dude, you're now attracted to like the family man or something. Right. And you're like, what? Okay. And like you said, great, great to be attracted to that. That shows growth. There's, Mm -hmm. there's a pearl there. Take that wisdom. Don't go steal that woman's husband. Find Mm -hmm. one of your own. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Don't flirt with him. Mm -hmm. Don't like, this is all stuff that I had to do in recovery too. Like to really look at who am I doing this for? Am I placing myself in a group conversation right now? So I can chat with that man Am I being a little bit more sexed up today in this meeting? Because I know that guy's going to be at the meeting. Like they don't have to be overt. Like I'm going to go sleep with someone else's husband, but those little things for me, at least start a trajectory and a movement and a momentum towards something that once you're halfway there, there's no getting out of it. There just isn't, you know, I've, I feel, I don't want to say grateful because that's the wrong word, but I learned a lot from my indiscretions, mm. a lot. And uh, I don't really have regrets in my life, but I'm not proud of those ones. That's a great um, way to put it. I, I don't have regrets, but I'm not, I'm not proud of them. And y- you touched on something else earlier too, about don't push it down. Cause what we push down mm-hmm. just turns into a festering uh, gangrenous wound and it will ooze up. It will bubble <laughs> It will come out in other ways. So you can try to ignore that because you're like, oh, I don't want to be attracted to that person, but it's going to find a way out. Um, So deal with it. And I like that suggestion of giving it to God because that's what we do right in this program. You've got an issue. You've got a problem. You've got a fear. You've got a worry. You take it to God because we don't have the power. Yeah. We know what it's like to um, write are, I don't want to say wrong feelings. There's a, a term in the big book and it's not coming to me now, but it's not like writing that kind of, for in, in, for example, that natural desire I had towards that man. I'm asking for right placement, which is no different than when we acknowledge that we're an alcoholic in a meeting and ask God to place that focus on something else. So instead of focusing on like, I don't want to drink, I don't want to drink, I don't want to drink. It's like, okay, I want to connect with God. I want to go into recovery. I want to live a spiritual life. I want to be better. We're just writing the direction of where it's aimed. So it's not any different because in, in cases where you're at least with addicts in my experience, in cases where you're attracted to someone else, it's more than an attraction. It's usually hinging on obsession And we know what to do with our obsessions in this program. We've done it before. And we can do it again. Yes. Um, I like that focusing on the positive aspect too. What you just said about um, instead of saying, I don't want to drink, I don't want to drink. Focus on the positive side of that. What's the opposite of that? Um, I want to do something more with my time. I want to help other people. I want to grow spiritually. So instead of putting it in the negative, I don't want to do this. Please take this from me. Help me, God. I want to be better. Help me, God. I want to do this. I want to do that. I want to be of service. I like that. And even just on a, like a, a scientific biological level, our brains are wired to go towards the yeses. So our brains learn less from like, no, don't do that. And learn more from we're yes, let's go do this instead. 
-hmm. So you, there's actually less of a fight instead of the resisting of what we don't want. Yeah. Positive reinforcement. Who knew? Mm -hmm. Who knew it worked for more than just training dogs? Yeah. Or people. <laughs> <laughs> or little humans. Yes. Little wretched um, humans. You just reminded me of a, a faux pas. I, uh, in a meeting, meetings online, right? Zoom. Uh, mm -hmm. People have screen names. Um, and I think I, I think I was hosting. I'm not sure. So I was like the chairperson and calling on people. And this one guy who was still in his cups and uh, slurring a little bit. And his screen name was Drunk Ted. And he was talking about how he couldn't stay sober. And at the end of his share, I said, well, here's a suggestion. You know, you might want to start with changing your screen name to Sober Ted. <laughs> like start with a positive. You know, yeah. I just thought it was being funny, but apparently yes. some people took offense to that. <laughs> I actually don't like it when people refer to themselves or others in the program as drunks. Well, I'm just a drunk. I just... I don't know. That's not something I love. You'll have to take that up with Lenny. That's one of his favorite things. Yeah, We're all just I'm a just bunch old, of drunks. Yeah. I think it's I, old, I, old the meaning is not lost on me. Like what they're saying, yeah. maybe mm -hmm. it's just because I'm just like, Oh, like, so it's like co recoiling from a hot flame that even the, I, even one time in my entire sobriety of the last, I, I'm over eight years now, I have said, Oh, I'm drunk. And I still regret it because obviously I wasn't, but I just don't even like the insinuation of right. it because I, I don't want to live like that anymore. Oh, I forgot to share my most, um, my crush. I had a crush. Well, well if you're going to take this public, I think you should ask for my consent first. <laughs> All right. Okay. Well, next time on Two Sober Shit. <laughs> It was a spiritual crush. He's always talking about me in Veiled. I mean, just before having hot sex with an ex, I was like, she's got no filter. <laughs> You're my spiritual crush, Julie. Always have been, always mm -hmm. will be. You know what's nice is my wife is becoming my spiritual crush. No, I yeah. love that. I know. You filled, yeah. remember we talked about how like, uh, a partner can't be your everything, right? They can't yes. check off every, it's not fucking humanly possible. Mm -hmm. Nobody is that perfect. Um, and so Julie and I love talking about spirituality and I just would get so excited when we'd spend time together talking about the program. And for me, it was a bit of a spiritual crush because I had this void in my life. And, uh, and now all these years later, she's got a new sponsor. She's got a sponsee of her own. She's working that program really hard. And I'll be in a meeting and she'll walk by the room and go, oh, what meeting are you in? And maybe I'll log in. What? That's awesome. I know. It's amazing. So it can happen really for everybody out there, whether you're in a relationship with someone who's sober and has a program or not, you never know what's around the corner, what can change. Yeah. My and sponsor I know, asked. I know it's not because you're sitting there telling her how to do it and what to do. I know sometimes you make suggestions, but you're not, you're like, listen, I have my program and I'm going to do my program. And I see that this is happening with you and maybe you want to do something about it, but like you do you. Yep. I was just going to say my sponsor and I did a check-in today and he was like, so how's your wife? And I'm like, oh, she's amazing. I was, he goes, well, it's a good thing. You don't have to run her program. <laughs> because mm -hmm. I would go to him with like, oh, she doesn't have a sponsor or, you know, she's not doing any work. And he's like, yeah, it's not your program. I'm like, right. Yeah. Not my program. So yeah. 
And okay, you were going to talk about you were going to talk about your crush. You were it. That was it. It was oh. <laughs> that was my spiritual crush. Okay. Oh, it really was. That's really amazing. Was I thought okay. you knew that. Yeah. Well, I can tell you that um, my husband would be horrified if if I was saying this, but since we're talking about spouses and each other, I have seen a little wee bit of jealousy that Zach has with you because I don't shut anything down ever for anybody, but I'll be like, okay, you need to be quiet or you need to go out or I'm going to be in your office for Lisa. And I always see him like bristle a little bit. (laughs) And the last time he, he, I could see he got like really annoyed and he was like, well, I need to do this and I need to make noise. And you're always springing on me last minute. And I'm like, okay, well, I'm going to start putting it in our calendar because I, I don't really think it's about the last minute. I just think he's never experienced me pushing him to the side so I can do something because he's I mean school and work is different yeah but I like I don't have dedicated private don't listen don't be around time with anybody else so now it's in the calendar so there was a big improvement he knew it was coming he went out to go to work anyways so I always like to let the husbands of the wives who I'm friends with know when I'm coming it's it Uh, I think my hair is a little higher right now. You just fed my ego. It's my long. Ro- my rooster, my rooster cut is up. Well, long. well, I'm glad that it's in the calendar. We do that too. Cause Ashley was like, where are you? What the fuck are you doing? So we have a, we have a family calendar now too. It does help with it things like that. So, mm-hmm. well, hopefully that answered your question and hopefully you feel, you know, that's one of the things I love about talking to newcomers is helping them feel normal. <laughs> you're yeah. not, no, you're not alone. No, you're not crazy. No, you're not unique. You're not different. You're not special. Yep. This has happened to us too. And we just proved it right here with a random question out of an email. Both of us had separate experiences in different ways. I mean, Julie, you're a whore, but um... <laughs> <laughs> I used to be cunt and I'm a whore. I think I'm like moving up in this in your world. Now you know what? Just like some. when Anytime someone has ever called me that, and there's been a handful of times, the C word, I can't help but laugh. Like for me, it's the funniest thing ever. Like if you called me stupid, there might be a problem. If you call me that, I mean, you've already just stopped the fight because I'm just going to burst out laughing. And it is very uh, disarming when someone calls you a nasty word and you just laugh. I can tell you because I get them all the time and I'm just like, yeah, that the best you got. All right. Have a good day. So thanks a lot for joining us. This has been another episode of Two Sober Chicks. Drop us an email. We'll answer or at least talk about your questions in a vague way until we're satisfied at twosoberchicks (laughs) at gmail.com. That's the number two soberchicks at gmail.com or check out Julie's beautiful artistry on Instagram, Two Sober Chicks. I'm Lisa. Julie. And this has been another great episode, if I do say so myself, of Two Sober Chicks. Mm-hmm.